Welcome to the Monday edition of Transformation Radio. One million reasons why you shouldn't even try. After all, you're just one heart, a single candle in the dark. And there are shadows here, feeding on your fears. That you don't have what it takes, who are you to make a change? But oh, oh, don't underestimate the God you follow. Whatever you do, just don't look back. Somebody needs a lot to have. Whatever you do, just don't lose heart. Keep on pushing back the dark. Keep on pushing back the dark. A city on a hill. It should be shining still Every sinner saved by grace Has a purpose, has a place Inside the bigger plan We might not understand But if we just keep walking on We will see the kingdom come, yeah Whatever you do, just don't look back Oh, somebody needs a light to have Whatever you do, just don't lose heart Keep on pushing back the dark Keep on pushing back the dark Let your light so shine Let your light so shine Let your light so shine Oh, oh, don't underestimate the God you follow He is the light that burns inside your soul so keep on shining till the whole world knows Whatever you do, just don't look back Or somebody needs a lot to have Whatever you do, just don't lose heart Keep on pushing back the dark Just keep on pushing back the dark, dark Whatever you do, just don't look back Somebody needs a lot to have Whatever you do, just don't lose heart Keep on pushing back the dark Keep on pushing back the dark, yeah When you feel like you're too small To do any good at all Like a sunrise through the window like a symphony crescendo We are waking up again We are rising from the dead We are shining like the stars We are pushing back the dark Yeah We are pushing back Pushing back the dark Yeah, pushing back Pushing back Pushing back the dark We're just pushing back Pushing back Pushing back the dark And now as we continue to go through the one-year Bible, our reading from the New Testament will be from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 1 through 17. Here's an overview of what we'll be reading about. When people gathered for the offering of sacrifices on the Day of Atonement, well, they were reminded of their sins, and they undoubtedly felt guilty all over again. What they needed most was forgiveness, the permanent, powerful, sin-destroying forgiveness that we have in Christ. When we confess a sin to Him, 
we need never think of it again. Christ has forgiven us, and the sin no longer exists. Animal sacrifices could not take away sins. They provided only a temporary way to deal with sin until Jesus came to deal with sin permanently. How then were people forgiven in Old Testament times? Well, because Old Testament believers were following God's command to offer sacrifices, He graciously forgave them when, by faith, they made their sacrifices. But that practice looked forward to Christ's perfect sacrifice. Christ's way was superior to the Old Testament way because the old way only pointed to what Christ would do to take away sins. Christ's work is contrasted with the work of Jewish priests, as we'll read about here today. The priests' work was never finished, so they had to stand, you know, day after day and offer sacrifices. Well, Christ's sacrifice, dying in our place, is finished. And so he has sat down at the right hand of the Father. The priests repeated the sacrifices often. Christ sacrificed once for all. The sacrifice system couldn't uh, completely remove sin. Christ's sacrifice effectively cleansed us. That's why we call the gospel good news. All right, with that, let's read all about it here today in the New Testament. November 10th, the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 17. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year. But they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped, for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why, when Christ came into the world, He said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You are not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. And then I said, Look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the Scriptures. First, Christ said, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, Look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, This is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts 
and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Psalm 108, verses 1 through 13. The conclusions from two previous psalms have been put together to make this psalm. The first five verses are quoted from Psalm 57, verses 7 through 11, and the next eight verses that we'll read here, 108, verses 6 through 13, are from Psalm 60, verses 5 through 12. Moab, Edom, and Philistia were Israel's enemies to the east, south, and west, respectively. They despised the Israelites and Israel's God. Do our prayers end with requests for help to make it through uh, stressful situations? David prayed not merely for rescue, but for victory. You know, we uh, talk a lot about salvation as if that's the end of things for us until we die and go to heaven. No, we are made for victory. God's grace, His enabling presence, allows us to live victoriously here and now on our way to heaven. So uh, let this lesson here that David uh, teaches us be a guide for us. He prayed not merely for rescue. Oh, Lord, come and uh, give me your wonderful salvation. That's great. But now let's move on with life and pray for some victory. I want to live victoriously. With God's help, we can claim more than mere survival. Look for ways God can use your distress as an opportunity to show His mighty power. Psalm 108, verses 1 through 13. A song, a psalm of David. My heart is confident in you, O God. No wonder I can sing your praises with all my heart. Wake up, lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Now rescue your beloved people. Answer and save us by your power. God has promised this by His holiness. I will divide up Shechem with joy. I will measure out the valley of Sukkoth. Gilead is mine and Manasseh too. Ephraim, my helmet, will produce my warriors. And Judah, my scepter will produce my kings. But Moab, my washbasin, will become my servant. And I will wipe my feet on Edom and shout in triumph over Philistia. Who will bring me into the fortified city? Who will bring me victory over Edom? Have you rejected us, O God? Will you no longer march with our armies? Oh, please help us against our enemies, for all human help is useless. With God's help, we will do mighty things, for He will trample down our foes. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. There's nothing
today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 4. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with one who has need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Picture a miserable, depressed, and emotionally broken person hunched over a chemistry set. His eyes are narrow, his lips are pursed, his fingers are methodically adding just a pinch of this and a dash of that to the acrid green fluid in the test tube before him. His thoughts are a hodgepodge of outdated images, his heart a stale mosaic of hatred for a grievance long past. He's thinking of the one who hurt him, and he's busy concocting a poison for the offender. It sounds like an excerpt from an old movie, doesn't it? However, here is where the scene changes direction. Envision that same obsessed scientist breathing a sigh of relief as he straightens up, marveling at the liquid vengeance he's created. Then he utters, This will show him, and drinks the poison himself. That's a surprising twist, one that we would not expect in a movie. Yet there's a good chance you've done this very thing at one time or another. You see, bitterness is a toxin that we prepare for someone else, but then drink ourselves. It's a concentrated dose of emotional poison, often one that we carefully nurture and grow over the course of years. When we react to someone's wrongdoing by withdrawing and giving free rein to daydreams of retribution and ill will, we're slowly poisoning our own hearts and minds. Ask God to reveal any signs of poison in your system. Then, ask Him to help you administer a dose of the antidote. Forgiveness. I feel like the weight of the world is on, crashing down on me. Somehow I just don't believe this is how it is supposed to be And all this expectation on the way I'm supposed to live Becomes my mind's distraction with nothing left to give You said your burden is light and your load is no more Said your ways are right, and in you I would soar. I wanna be free, free to dance and free to sing, free to live and love. And 
like my heart is being beat down into the ground. In you I'm longing for some peace to be found. I know the heaviness that's making me go. Stealing my youthful soul out, making me old. You said your burden is light and your love is no more. 'Cause you said your ways are right and in you I would soar. I wanna be free, free to dance and free to sing. Tanya Zaleski from Quebec, who is a founder, uh, part of our certification program. Tanya, so great to uh, be a part of the team with you. Wants me to talk on the subject overcome. How do you and I become victorious? One of the greatest lessons I ever personally had was I had a company that was uh, a consulting company, of which I had a new president in the new company, and we we're just trying to make some sales and. You know, as any time in a new organization, you're just trying to lift it off the ground. It was the first of December, and one day I saw Dave's wife, Roxine, and I said, "Where's Dave? I missed him the last couple of days in the office." Oh, she said, "He's left and told me he wouldn't be back until he made the seven sales he needed to make his year's quota." I walked away from her that day, and I thought, "Here's a person who understands the power of overcoming, the way to be victorious. It's not easy." Takes focus, takes commitment, but he was determined not to come back till he had made those sales. And guess what? He did come back before Christmas with all of the sales made. You see, there are two kinds of people in this world: the one who makes it happen, and the other who asks what happened. If you're going to overcome, you got to get off the "what happened" page to the "let's make it happen." This time of desperation, 
All we know is doubt and fear. There is only one foundation. We believe. We believe. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again. We believe. So let our faith be more than. Greater than the songs we sing, and in our weakness and temptations, we believe. We
is the Lord God Almighty.
never fails You make all things work together for my good You make all things work together for my good You make all things work together for my good
Deserve making me complete. 
searching for the things I'll never know. That does it for today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.